Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here. I thank God for this another day, another opportunity, another Wednesday, another chance to come together with the people of God uh, and to go into the word of the Lord. Certainly, we need his word more and more and more. And I thank God for his word. His word keeps us, it strengthens us, corrects us, it brings deliverance and healing to our lives. Nothing like the word of God. One scripture even says, I esteem his word more highly than my necessary food. It's time to go into the word of the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're so grateful for this another opportunity to come together as your children. <clears throat> oh God, to go into your word, we ask that as we go into your word, that you'll plant your word in us. Touch our hearts, our minds, our very lives. We need your word. Feed us tonight, we ask. Bless everyone that connects with us on tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. want to give some of the saints time to to uh, connect with us on tonight and come on in. I thank God for the saints here in Washington, D.C. at Greater Refuge Temple and for the saints of God in the Bronx, New York, our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex, and to all of you who have connected and who are coming in on this evening. Come and join us as we go into the word of the Lord. We um, certainly have been enjoying his word. His word is always good. And tonight, I want to talk about holiness. <clears throat> and my subject tonight is holy living. Holy living. And I'll be coming out of the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Um, and I'll go through different portions of that chapter. So let's say verses 1 through 25. Uh, we have done a series before on holiness, and every now and then I'm going to come back uh, to the subject of holiness, holiness, because I, I, I really believe, as a man of God, as a as a child of God, uh, as a pastor, uh, that holiness is something that we often uh, should go to and talk about uh, and apply to our lives, because God says. Uh, be ye holy, for I am holy. And the word of God tells us to follow peace with all men. Holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So it's something that we need to talk about. And I know um, some people feel like the subject or topic of holiness is passe or it's old school. Uh, and I disagree with that. Uh, holiness period, uh, is something that every generation needs to understand. Every generation uh, needs to apply uh, holiness, live holy. Uh, God doesn't change. I am the Lord thy God. I changeth not. So let's go into the book of Colossians, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter three, and um, listen to these verses as I read. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 25. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. 
Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have not, and rather, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all, these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and ye and be ye thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. <clears throat> Verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Verse 24 and 25, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he have done. And there is no respect of persons. Tonight, <clears throat> I'm in the book of Colossians, and my subject is holy living. Now, I, I've been in church all my life, and you'd be surprised how people feel and think about holiness. Uh, in most cases, sadly, when you talk about holiness, all they can tell you about is how you should dress. Oh, holiness, that means I can't wear this, I can't wear that, I can't put on this. Uh, but holiness starts from the inner man. Uh, you, you could take off whatever you want. Uh, your stockings can be 50 inches thick, and, uh, if, but you can still be unholy. Yeah, you can take off all the rouge and the eyeshadow. You can, you know, you could stop perming your hair and your hair could be as nappy as I don't know what. And people call that holiness, but you can still be unholy. So first I want to say holiness begins on the inside. Uh, and it is a way of life. We tend to judge people by their outer appearance. We tend to judge people, well, if they don't look a certain way, um, they're not holy. And I, I, wanna know, I, I want you to know I've traveled all over this country in different parts of the world, um, and culture is different, but holiness is holiness. Uh, and you can't judge holy living by um, whether the toe is in or toe is out, uh, whether the shoulder is show, showing or the shoulders are covered. Uh, you can't judge holiness according to that. Uh, holiness is a lifestyle. Uh, you have people uh, who have followed all the rules of man. Uh, yep, the dress is all the way down to the floor. There are no earrings on the air, ear, uh, but there's hatred in the heart. Uh, there's division and dissimulation. Uh, there's cult and not... Uh, no cultivation of a godly environment is just do what I say. Uh, but holiness is all about pleasing God and living according to his word and his precepts, line upon line, precept upon precept. And I know some of you 
might get upset with me because you feel that holiness is all about covering your head. But there are people covering their heads, uh, but they're still not living holy lives. Holiness, put it in the comments section. Holiness is a way of life. It starts on the inside. Starts on the inside. Starts on the inside. I know I've got some people who are deeply bedded in tradition and you feel that it's all in the garment, uh, but it's not all in the garment. It has to be in your heart. Has to be in your heart. So the whole thrust of Paul's argument is, is both an argument and an appeal, because just like uh, then, even today, and vice versa, people were arguing over what holiness really is. Uh, but even back then, holiness was being questioned. It don't take all of that. Uh, as long as I do this, as long as I do that. And Paul is, is both giving an argument and an appeal for the people of God to live holy lives. Don't just don't just look the part. Don't just dress the part. And, and um, if it's based upon your own concepts, then it's not really holiness. It has to be based upon God's word. So his argument and appeal in this chapter can be summed up like this. Uh, child of God, because your union with the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you're united with him. How am I united with him? The death, his burial, and his resurrection, his ascension and, exalt and exaltation. Uh, my life has to be different. Yes, because he died and rose again for me. Because he went and sat on the right hand of the throne and sent the Holy Ghost down and, and the Holy Ghost is abiding on the inside of me. My life must be different. I, I can't be like the world. I'm not supposed to act like the world. I'm in the world, but not of the world. My life has to be a holy life. So listen, the first two chapters that Paul writes to the Colossians in his epistle to the, the Colossian congregation, it's all doctrinal, all doctrinal teaching, baptism, uh, them being connected with Christ, their completeness is found in him. Uh, but now we're in chapter three. And in chapter three, we're moving from doctrinal to practical. In other words, how do I apply this doctrine, this apostolic doctrine, this doctrine of salvation and holiness to my life? I'm speaking in tongues. I'm, I'm clapping my hands. I'm serving the Lord. But how do I apply holiness to my life. And it's important for us to be able to answer this question. Otherwise, the only time people will attempt to live holy is, is on Sunday when it's time to go to church. But holiness, put it in the comment section, holiness is everyday living, everyday living. Holiness is everyday living. So he moves from doctrinal to practical. In chapter three, He's now dealing with practical, and, and I'll use the word experimental. Uh, I'm, I'm applying it. I'm trying holiness on for size. You told me about it. I've been born again, I, but now I have to put it in action. And we don't always get it right. Don't let people talk to you and make you feel like uh, they got it right every single day of their lives. No. No. Uh, you know, uh, and we have to be honest with people. We're striving every day to live holy before the Lord. So uh, by the time we get to chapter three, Paul is dealing with that practical piece, how to apply holiness to our lives. And he's teaching in this epistle. So um, what we believe concerning holiness, what we've been taught concerning holiness uh, must be put in action as it relates to our behavior. So our belief, our belief, our faith must behave. Uh, our creed, hallelujah, who we are must be translated into conduct, how we live. In other words, if we're holy, then we should exemplify 
holy living, walking, talking, uh, how we treat one another. It's within the confines of holiness, what we are in Christ, our standing must be influenced by and must affect what we are. If we're holy, then we have to be holy. If we're holy, then we talk like holy folks talk. If we are holy, then we live like holy people live. So wherever we are, not just in church, not just in church, but wherever we are, because we are asked, admonished, instructed to be holy in every area of our lives, we are doing it in a holy manner. Uh, so the doctrine of holiness uh, is vitally important, and we need to continue to come back to it to reinforce, to review. Yes, uh, for the purpose of self-correction. Listen, if I judge myself, then I won't be judged of God. If I compare myself to the word and, and do my best to walk uprightly before the Lord, walking in holiness. So it's important for us every now and then to come back uh, and talk about what holiness is is, is for real uh, and how do we apply holiness to our lives. So the, this doctrine of holiness is vitally important. Um, and and I want to say this, and, and we have to make it we have to make it attractive. We can't talk about holiness as if it's a burden. I get so tired of people talking about holiness and shaking their head and acting like, oh, it's such, it's such a burden. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, I'm talking about holiness. There's nothing embarrassing about living holy before the Lord. It should be your joy, our joy to walk uprightly, to do our very best to walk up rightly before the Lord. Let's, let's go to Titus chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, he says, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. My God, that's a powerful verse. Uh, and, and he's talking to Titus, uh, and Titus is dealing with uh Cretans, and that's a long story within itself, uh, and attempting to preach the gospel, and he wanted to give up because they weren't receiving it. They didn't agree with this holiness thing, uh, but he's telling them, exhort the servants, tell them they have to be obedient uh, to those who are over them, uh, and, and be pleasing to them in all things. Don't You can't pick and choose what you want to obey and, and this, that, and the other, but you have to you have to be obedient to the word of the Lord and even those that God has placed over you and, and not purloining, but showing all good fidelity. Don't, don't act like it's such a burden. It's crushing you. Uh, people, sometimes people in church act like it's crushing them to obey the word of God. Uh, and, and they're timid with, with holy, their holiness. Oh, I'm as if to apologize that God has called you out of darkness into his marvel. I'm not apologizing for my deliverance. No. As a matter of fact, I'm striving each and every day, hallelujah, to, to live better today before God than I did even yesterday. Uh, he says, with all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things, adorn, wear it, to be adorned. Let everybody see it. Yes. Have you ever bought a new suit or a new dress or a new pair of shoes and you were, you were strutting it and every time somebody saw it and noticed it because you were, you know, had your shoes and you stuck your foot out a little further than you normally would because you wanted people to see your new shoes. Wanted to see your new dress or your suit. So you fixed your tie even uh, a little better than you have before because you want people to notice. And that's how holiness should be adorned. Hallelujah. I'm holy. I'm walking up right before my God and I want him to be pleased. And I want you to see it. Hallelujah. I want you to know that there's something different about me. Hallelujah. I want God's glory to be revealed in my life. So it's important. 
because of all that we are by virtue of our union with Jesus. Listen to my notes. My whole life should be different. My whole life, my whole life, not just some of it, not, not just on Sunday, hallelujah, but my whole life should be different. Yes, because of holiness. Put it in the comment section. Because of holiness, my whole life should be different. I'm looking up Titus chapter 2. Uh-huh. Um, and it's going to be verse 10 again, but I want to read it. I want to read it for you in the Common English Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and it begins in verse 10, it says, but uh, don't steal. Instead, they should show that they are completely reliable in everything so that they might make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people. So my whole life should be different because because of Christ in my life. And he's, he's talking about servanthood, uh, being servant and serving in such a way uh, until people see that you're happy about doing what you are doing. You're not doing it with a frown on your face. You're not doing it uh, as though you don't want to be there. Sometimes you bump into people who are in worship and they act like they don't even, they rather be somewhere else than in the presence of the Lord or uh, you know, they don't want you to see what that God has changed their lives. But listen, let's go further into this. What are we by virtue of our union with Christ, right? And we're united with him in death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, he's abiding on the inside of us. And there should be, there must be, there has to be a change in our lives. So uh, when Paul says, uh, he uses the expression with Christ, it, it, it occurs three times in his writings uh, in this particular chapter. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Then again in verses 3 and 4, uh, it, it says, um, For ye are dead. And your life is, is hid with Christ. Mm -hmm. Verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him. So three times he talks about with him, with Christ, with Christ. The expression with Christ. So, uh, of course, number one, he's talking about my position because he has saved me, because he has saved you. Yeah, because he has made this salvation available and he has, he has kept his word. He has poured his presence into us. And then so Paul said, if you are risen with Christ, uh, raised with Christ, if ye then be risen with Christ, uh, you were risen with him. Verse 3, again, um, he says, for ye are dead in your, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Uh, so my position, I was raised with him, right? And I died with him. Uh, and through faith in him, listen, through faith in him, we have died. Through faith in him, we have died and risen again. Through faith in him, we have died and risen again. Let's go back to verse three. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. I want to make sure I get it. Here we are. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So let's go to Colossians 2 and 12 and see what Paul says. We are buried with him. Yes, so. Remember the song, living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, um, took me with him on the cross, died for me. My sins were there with him. 
buried. He carried my sins far away. I died with him. And when he got up, I rose with him. My God, I'm feeling this. Paul says, we're buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Let's see what he says in the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. I'm in the word. Nevertheless, nevertheless, rather, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul is, is discussing who we are by virtue of the fact that we have this union with Jesus Christ. Yes, hallelujah. I was buried with him. And when he rose, I got up with him. Uh, child of God, you have been crucified with Christ and raised with him. My God. So uh, three things we're going to discuss about who we are by virtue of our union with Christ, our position. We just got through talking about our position. The next thing is protection. Uh, our position is with Christ, our protection. Let's go back to verse 3. Uh, Colossians 3 and 3. Colossians 3 and 4. Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So the second Part of this is that deals with my protection with or in Christ. I'm hidden in Christ. He's my protection. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't expect to be protected if I'm living outside of Christ. Hallelujah. But my life is hidden in him now because of salvation. And he's holy. Yes, he is. And where, where is he? Uh, hallelujah. If I'm hidden in Christ, Christ is in God. Hallelujah. How wonderful this is. We are hidden with Christ in God. Hishanda. Yes. Hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm hidden with Christ in God. Hidden with Christ in God. So we are as safe as Christ is. There is safety in him. No, there's no shadow of turning within him. There's no weakness in him. We are safe. Hallelujah. You couldn't be safer. Yes, never by yourself because of this Christ that has shed his blood for you. Hallelujah. He has called you into holiness. Hallelujah. It's true now and it will be true throughout eternity. So don't you let go of your salvation. And don't you lower your standard of holiness for anyone. Hallelujah. Because it was the blood of Jesus that washed your sins away. And it's the blood of Christ that will continue to strengthen. And the blood will never lose its power. Hallelujah. So don't you let go of the standard of holiness. Hallelujah. You have a position. And you have protection. And the other thing is you have a prospect. The third speaks of our prospect with or in Christ. Let's go to verse number four. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. My God. So here, our prospect deals with glorification. Uh, we are to be glorified. Hallelujah. That's what verse four is telling me. According to Paul's teachings, when Christ, who is our life, Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, hallelujah, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, and we're going to see him as he is. So we're to be glorified. Mm -hmm. And in the purpose of God, this glorification of the saints is already an accomplished fact. <laughs> yes. 
because what would never God talks about us, he speaks about us as though we are a finished product. He sees the end from the beginning. That's why you got to stay in him. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't live outside of him. Your future, hallelujah, your eternity, my God, is all in him. Romans 8 and 30. Let's go there. Romans 8 and 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Hallelujah. So stay where he put you. Yes, stay where God put you. And don't lower your standard of holiness. Don't try to be anything outside of what God wants you to be. So you could obtain everything God wants you to have. Hallelujah. Stay holiness. Stay in the place of holiness. Stay in the place of holiness. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't walk away. Hasha. Don't walk away from it because your God is a holy God. And he has prepared a place where holy people are going to go. And I don't know about you, but I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be there. Holy holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So we see that by faith, hallelujah, we have these things. Uh, we have protection. We have a place and we have a prospect which means he's going to glorify us. We're going to be glorified, and it's already been set up. Hallelujah. It's, all, it's already been put in place. Yes. So we have this new position. When he talked to the Ephesian church, he said, my new position is now sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I was buried with him. I rose with him. Right? And we have this new protection. I'm hidden him, and he is in God. Hallelujah. My God is all in him. And we have this new prospect. Hallelujah. Which is glorification. And because of our new lives, we are to be different. Hallelujah. We are to be different. Our standing, our state. Uh, we are in Christ. And this holiness must be seen in what we are in the world. Yes, don't be ashamed. This is why it is so important for us not to pattern ourselves after the world and not to follow the world. If anything, the world should follow us. Where too many people are trying to be like the world, trying to fit in the world. Listen, it's impossible for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fit in with the world because the Bible says we are in the world, but not of the world. So let's talk about it. In what way should my life be different? And I know for years, all you've heard is how I dress, how I dress, how I dress, how I dress. Hallelujah. So let's talk about it. Uh, in what ways are our lives to be different? Well, Paul says there's certain things you have to put off. Certain things you just, you just have to put off. Uh, we have to put off certain things, uh, put to death our earthward inclinations. Uh, and he gets into it, uh, Colossians third chapter now, verses five through nine. This is what he says. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Uh, don't, don't let your flesh lead you. He says, put off the things of the flesh. And he gives us a list. Uh, he says, fornication, uncleanliness, which is impurity, sensual passion. Uh, that's inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Um, so let me read it in, in common English. Put to death your inward inclinations, fornication, impurity, sensual passion, unholy desire, and all greed, for that is a form of idolatry. Hmm. It is on account of these very sins that God's wrath is coming, and you also were once addicted to them while you were living under their power. So he says when you were in the world, this is how you live, but now because of God saving you, 
Yes, your life must be different. Yes, so he said you were addicted to this at one time, but not anymore. You've been released, delivered, brought out. You've been saved. Now your life should be a holy life. But now you must rid yourselves of every kind of sin. That's where he gets into it. Talks about anger and passionate outbreaks, ill will, evil speaking, foul mouth abuse. My God, you mean saints curse? Saints are verbally abusive? Mm -hmm. That's another lesson. So that these may never soil your lips. Now, he's not talking to sinners. He's talking to church people. I want to make that perfectly clear. He's talking to church people about anger and passionate outbreaks, ill will towards one another, evil communication. He's talking about having a foul mouth. He's talking about verbally abusing people. Hmm. He says we should never soil our lips with this. And he's talking about lying to one another. He's talking to church people. Do not lie to one another. For ye have stripped off the old self with its doings. That's all verse 5 through 9. Uh, I read it in up-to-date English, chapter 3 of Colossians. So all these vices we're supposed to put off. The deeds of the flesh. Uh, these things should be dead because we're hid in Christ now. So in order for these things to be happening, we have to come out of the hiding place. We have to move from up underneath Christ and go back to living the way that unsaved people live. Uh, I think in, in most cases, we just need to make up our mind. Are you going to live saved or not? Are you going to be holy or not? Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying it ain't got nothing to do with how long your dress is. If your dress is long and your mouth is foul, you're not living holy. Yeah. You took off your earrings, but you have hatred in your heart. You're not living holy. No. No. Holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So uh, let's go to verse 9. Chapter 3, verse 9, um, he says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So even in how we communicate with one another, uh, saints have no business lying, period. But don't lie to one another. How can people pray for one another and lie to one another at the same time? How can you bind and loose? When there's no truth between your brother and sister. We need to talk about it. So he says, put these things off. Take that stuff off. If we're going to be holy, take that off. Right? We spend a whole lot of time telling people, take that miniskirt off. Take that out of your hair. Take this out of that. Take that off. Right? Uh, but Paul says, take this off. Take off. Take this off. You all have changed your clothes, but you're still acting like you in the world. Acting like you don't know who Jesus is. You put on that suit and you got your missionary pin on and your deacon's pin on, right? You got the collar on, but you're still living like you in the world. He says, now, let me tell you, after I tell you what to put off, you, there are certain things you got to put on, Certain things you got to put on. And that's that, let's go to Colossians 3 and 10. And then I'll read, I'll talk to you in, in today's English. Uh, and have put on the new man. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. While there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, uh -huh, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. Now, this is holiness applied. All of the ap the application of it, the application of it, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also. 
do ye? I often wondered why some of the most unforgiving people are people who claim to be Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. And above all these things, put on charity, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. So I'll, I'll talk to you in today's English. Paul says, it sounds like this, and you have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being remolded into full knowledge so as to become like him who created it. So you can be like Jesus. In that new creation, there can be neither Greek, Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free man, but Christ is all and in all. So clothe yourselves, therefore, as saints, holy and dearly loved, with tenderheartedness, kindness, lowliness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and readily forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And over all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of union. Just like the, just like the prodigal son. And we're going we're gonna to go there. Just like the prodigal son came back to the father uh, in rags and tatters, right? Uh, he, he got beside himself and he left. He wanted to go out into the world. He was safe in the house, but he wanted to go out into the world. Give me mine. And he leaves and goes out into the world and he comes back in rags, tatters. He was a mess, right? Uh, but he didn't stay like that. Hallelujah. God didn't let him stay like that. And I, I'm talking to somebody now. You may have become wayward or decided to leave the household of faith. Hallelujah. And, and you're raggedy. Don't even realize it. Prodigal son came to himself and realized how raggedy he was. And he came back and God did not let him stay that way. And I want you to know, hallelujah, if you make up your mind to come back, God won't let you stay in that terrible state. He won't let you stay in confusion and messy and messed up. No. Let's read a little bit about it in Luke chapter 15, verses 22 through 24. It says, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Hallelujah. My father is waiting for you to come back to him. Come back to holiness. Hashanday. I hear the Lord speaking to a whole lot of us. Come back to holiness. I'll clean you up. I'll set you up right. Hasha. Just come back to holiness. He killed the fatted lamb and said, let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. So, yes, there are things we have to take off, but we, there are things we have. We need to put on. Hallelujah. We got to put on, clothe ourselves as saints, holy and dearly loved. We have to have tenderheartedness, kindness, and lowliness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. We have to learn how to be forbearing with one another, be patient with one another. All of this is a part of holiness, too. We, we spend so much time talking about how people are supposed to look until we forget about holiness is a lifestyle. And the truth is, I won't have to worry about what you look like on the outside if we get what's going on on the inside correct. Hallelujah. Then, so Paul talks about what we put off. He talks about what we put on. And by the time he gets to verses 15 and 16, he's letting us know what we must let in. So holiness about, is about putting off, putting on, and letting in. <laughs> Holiness is about putting off, putting on, and letting in. Let's go to verse 15 and 16. Chapter 3 of Colossians, verses 15 and 16, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Verse 16. 
let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. So holiness is about putting off, putting on, and letting in. Let in the peace of God. Let in the word of God. Hasha. <laughs> Hallelujah. And whatever I do, I've got to do it in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So let's dig deeper. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let in the peace of God. Yes, because holiness, if we're living in, in holiness, then we should let the peace of God in our hearts. Hmm. Romans 5 and 1, we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have peace with God. So now we must let the peace of God fill and flood our being. Hmm. Philippians 4 and 7, what does it say? Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. It will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So listen, listen to my notes. This means a state of perfect harmony within. Even though there is discord and distraction around us, we have harmony within. Why? Because we're united. We're connected with Christ. Hallelujah. We're born again and we're walking in holiness. Hallelujah. So even though there's discord and distraction around us, we have this peace that passes all understanding and we're allowing that peace to continue to pour into us. Let's go to Isaiah 26 and 3. What does Isaiah 26 and 3 say? He says that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I don't know about you, uh, but I need this peace. It's, it's a peace. It's, it's a freedom from fear and anxiety. My God, it's a freedom from fear. And he has not given us the spirit of fear, but power of love and of a sound mind. It's an inner poise. Hey, God, an inner poise that allows us to stand when others are wavering. It's an inner poise and strength and power. Yes, uh, and, and if, you, if you're walking according to God's ways, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to move in your life, hallelujah, you, you have it now. Yes, you have peace now. Let it in. Let peace, let the peace of God, you have peace, you have strength now. You have anointing now. So he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, let in the word of Christ, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Yes, if your minds, if my mind is filled with his word, my heart would be filled with his peace. My God, I'm feeling this. Psalms 119, 165th verse. Great peace have they which love thy law. Great peace have they that love the word of God. And nothing shall offend them. That's powerful because these days saints are so easily offended. If you look at them wrong, they get off, they, they get all off wired and, and upset and start twisting and turning. Yes, but he said people that love the word of God have peace. People that love your word have peace. They're not so easily offended. They have an inner peace, an inner poise, an inner strength. They're not so easily offended not so easily offended because the word of God dwells in their minds. Let's go to, let's compare that to Colossians, the third chapter in the 16th verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And what happens if I allow the word of God to dwell in me richly? I'll have wisdom, right? I'll be taught things. Uh, he says, 
wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's compare that also to Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. My God, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. I believe if we walked in holiness the way it's really prescribed in the word of God, yes, hallelujah, there wouldn't be so much, so many isms and schisms and fighting and backbiting among us because true holiness is a way of life in every, every, every area of our lives. Holiness should be exemplified in every, every single area of our life. So uh, this is how our lives should be different in what I put off, what I put on, and what I let in. Yes. So holiness putting off, holiness putting on, holiness letting in. And so, you know, I can't let you go without talking about holiness involves what I let out. <laughs> yeah. Putting off, putting on, letting in. Now, holiness is about what I let out also. And let's talk about it. Uh, because here in verse 14 of chapter three of the book of Colossians, verse 17, I'm sorry. And, um, uh, I'd say 17 and 23, he hits it. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Then he goes into how we should live in our home, what the father should do, what the husband and the, and the uh, wife should do, what the children should do. Fathers, don't provoke your children. He talks about serving. Uh, but listen, in verse, by the time we get to verse 23, he says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So, and, and, and here's the aspect, and I'm almost through, because we talked about holiness as, as it pertains to what I put off, what I put on, uh, what I let in. And now we're talking about we have to let out certain things. So here it is. Everything we do is to be done in service unto the Lord. So whatever, whatever I do, in verse three, 23, whatever I do, I should do it. How? How should I do it? Uh, heartily. Do it heartily. And, and whatever, and this is what Paul, I'll, I'll tell you specifically, he's dealing with uh, preaching, praying, playing, working. Uh, my, on my job, in my home, everything I do, wherever I am, I should do it heartily. And uh, I should do it thankfully, right? If I'm going to be a husband, don't, don't be a husband with an attitude, begrudging and mumbling. If I'm going to be a wife, if she's going to, you're going to be a wife, don't do it with an attitude, sucking your teeth. Don't cook his dinner, sucking your teeth. You're a born-again believer. Do it as unto the Lord. Yes, not groaning, uh, not complaining. Uh, yeah, holiness is an everyday application. Philippians, so even in your bedroom slippers and in your pajamas, you're a holy man, a holy woman. Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry, it should be 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I'm to serve heartily, and I'm supposed to serve with thanksgiving because I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm doing it unto the Lord. And perhaps I should think differently because I, um, I, I've been filled. I've got all this Holy Ghost in me. I'm a born-again believer. I'm walking in holiness. Uh, but here I am serving with an attitude. Here I am 
trying to be a father or a husband uh, grudgingly uh, with a bad attitude. And, and there are some, and maybe if I think differently, there's some men uh, who lost their wives, who don't have a wife or can't find a wife, and God has given me and blessed me with one. Uh, and I, so I should do it, whatever I do, if it's, if it's taking her to work, if it's, if it's buying her dinner, whatever it is, I should do it with thanksgiving. And Paul is helping us out because we're holy people. Do it heartily. Do it uh, unto the Lord. We are to serve heartily. How can we serve in any other way when we serve such a glorious master? <laughs> How could you live any other way? How can we treat one another any other way except through love when we serve such a giving father? This is Paul is helping us. He's trying to show us the pra practical, the practicalities of holiness, how to apply holiness to my everyday life. To my does does life have challenge? Yes. Uh, does life present us with problems? Yes, but remember who we are and who we are connected with. Uh, it is not an excuse for not living holy. Hallelujah. So, uh, so I have to let out certain things. I have to, I have to do things uh, with the right spirit. Yes, and. While I'm doing it, I am releasing thankfulness, uh, gratitude, hallelujah, and I'm letting out the grumbling. Yep, I don't want it in me. I don't want this murmuring spirit in me. I don't want to serve people. I don't want to be the kind of preacher that's always preaching with a nasty attitude. Yep, you got some people that serve in the house of God. They never smile. You mean you got all that Holy Ghost and you can't serve people? Uh, with a smile, you are so holy. People think the more you frown, the, the that's how holy you are. I'm really holy. You know how people do? Because, the, and that ain't holiness. No, you're not holy because you frown at everybody. That don't make you powerful because you know how to frown at everybody and you sitting like this. No, Paul said everything that you do, you should be doing it as though you're serving the master and do it heartily. So he's showing me how to apply holiness to my life. And he didn't say nothing to me yet about my, my skirt or my earrings because it don't matter if you're not treating your brother and sister right. You're not really walking in holiness. And I know some of you go ahead and write the letter. Go ahead and send me the email. But I'm in the book. This is not my private interpretation. Uh, so the final thing is uh, we have to look up. Verse 24. I'm going to take you to verse 24. Verse 24 of uh, Corinthians chapter three. This is what it says. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. So here's the secret of how I can do, how I can do everything that I've talked about this evening as, as it relates to applying holy living to my life, applying holiness to my life. How, how can I put off and put on? How can I let in and let out, let in those things that need to be let in, let out those things that need to be let out. And Paul says it's done by being able to look up. One scripture says, look unto him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Uh, but the, the secret of being able to do the first four things that I talked about uh, is understanding who your faith is in, uh, where your strength is. It's all in the Lord. Uh, and this is what he says, it, it, because it's to him that I'm going to have to give an account to. Yeah, could you imagine some people spend all these years trying to please people and don't spend two minutes trying to please God? Uh, and it's not the people that you have to give an account to in the end. It's God. 
It's the Lord. You're going to have to stand before him and give an account to him. So he says, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward. He's the one that gives the reward. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter if people don't like you. They don't pat you on the back. God is the one that gives the reward. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. He's the one that you're serving. And understand that one day we're all going to have to give an account to him. And here's where I'm going to close. I don't want to hold you too long. Second Corinthians 5 and 10. Let's sit here and I'll let you go right here. Second Corinthians 5 and 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. So here we are, people of God, where the Lord is talking to us once again about applying holiness to our lives. Holiness is not a religion. Holiness is not uh, according to anyone's private interpretation. Holiness was established by God. He said, be holy because I'm holy. And Paul is simply uh, taking us through the practical application of holiness as it relates to everyday life. Uh, it makes sense to me because we don't live in the church. Listen, I'm here just about every day. <laughs> and some of y'all that call here and talk to me uh, say, Bishop, you live in that building. You must live there. No, I, I don't live here. I'm here quite a bit, though. Uh, we don't live in in the house of God. We have everyday lives. And holiness should not be a once a week thing. It's an everyday way of life. And that's what Paul wanted them to know. Holiness is an everyday way of life. And here's how you apply it. Yes, here's how you apply it. We have to be holy in every area, in our thoughts, in our mind, in how we treat one another, how we treat those who are outside of the household of faith, holiness. And we should adorn it as a garment, something that we're proud of. Hallelujah. Holiness. I'm not ashamed of holiness. If you feel like I feel, put it in the comments section and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed. I'm sorry. I'm not ashamed of holiness. And maybe, maybe, maybe I did it right there. Somebody needs to say, I'm not afraid of holiness. I'm, I'm not afraid to be holy. I don't care what people say. So put either one. I'm not ashamed or I'm not afraid. Or put them both. I'm not afraid or ashamed of holiness. My God. I'm going to stop here. I feel like going on with this though. But I'm going to stop here. I don't want to hold you. I don't want to hold you too long. But I thank God. Hallelujah. I, I'm grateful to God for his holiness. And I'm striving I'm striving for perfection. I want to be pleasing in his sight. Yes. So let's take this holiness journey together. Not pushing it away, not lowering the standard. But understanding that because he is holy, I want to be holy too. Holy in every area of my life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. And I'm asking, oh God, that you would help us, help us to apply holiness to every thought, every move, hallelujah, that we make in every area of our lives. Help us, Lord. Can't do anything without you. We can't make this journey without you. Help us, oh God, to submit to your way. Your way is holiness. Help us, oh God, to live according to your way. Your way is holiness. Help us, oh God, to be what you want us to be. You want us to be holy. Help every person here that's connected to this lesson tonight, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. If you haven't been baptized or given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, why don't you send me an email, admin at grtdc.org. I want to connect with you, tell you what you need to do. 
We'll even make arrangements for you to be baptized into that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, we can help you there too. Tell you what you need to do to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we can connect you with some prayer partners that will tarry with you. Believing God to fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Will God do it? Yes, he will. Hallelujah. You have a special prayer request? Send it to me so I can lay it on the altar. Admin at grtdc.org. You want to plant a seed in this ministry? Want to pay your tithes or give an offering? Technician will put it on the screen, that information on the screen for you so you can plant that seed. Be a blessing to us. And I want to thank those of you who consistently and faithfully give into this ministry. Those of you who are giving in uh, to our ministry and Refuge Temple Annex, uh, faithfully giving. Uh, it's because of you uh, and what the Lord has been laying on your heart to do that we're able to continue spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you and we pray a special blessing on your life for being a blessing to the kingdom of God. Well, this week leads up to Pentecost and I'm excited. Yes, I am. This coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. So join us, won't you, in our celebration. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost fell and I'm praying that while we're worshiping, the Holy Spirit will fall in your living rooms, in your cars, and outpouring of His Spirit, and all of us will be filled all over again. God can do it again. Yes, He can. The Lord bless you. We're going to see you soon. Hallelujah. The Lord wills. Until then, three things I'm asking you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom.